1: Welcome back. We are going to be focusing in on the topic we started yesterday, and it's called avoiding these 15 common financial mistakes. Now, these are the financial mistakes that virtually everyone makes, but I would say our focus is definitely on small business owners, definitely on all of you guys. So as we go through these common mistakes, you have to be honest with yourself. Some of these points, you're not even going to have any clue what we're talking about. I want you to write them down, and at least the very least you should do is talk to your accountant about it. Um, remember, Julie and I are not financial planners. We're not accountants. We're not attorneys. We're not doctors. We're not really anything of any note <laughs> that requires hmm. any sort of licensure at this point. So just take it for what it's worth. But we are. Our goal is to plant seeds in your brain, and from that, you guys have to des- decide if you're going to choose to add the ne- the necessary nutrients to make that seed grow into something else. But all of these points are points that, frankly, we wish we would have known about when we are getting, uh, when we are starting our journey 27 years ago. So write these things down, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, all these points are relevant. Um, And most of them, except for sometimes we'll talk about sort of our keen tax code, those things might change, of course. But for the the rest of it, this is a financial philosophy that you guys should all adapt, that'll get you into the end zone nine times out of 10. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there are tons and tons of people out there that'll tell stories about how they sort of figured out their own path to financial freedom. And maybe one out of a million people can do something unconventional and get there, you know, buying a lottery ticket, let's say. But for the for the rest of us, normal people, like all of you listening, most of you listening, Julie and I certainly, we have to follow a path that's going to give us the greatest likelihood of success. And that is what we're talking with you guys about today. We left the show yesterday with a thought. And I got some emails about this. So I thought it was interesting that you guys, that this point resonated with so many of you. The system, and this is, um, I'll, I'll start with this, and then I'm gonna, uh, Julie has some folks that she wants to acknowledge for giving us some great feedback on Harris Rules on Amazon, our, our best selling book. So, uh, the system, and by system, I mean really the financial system, uh, society, uh, the government, uh, everything doesn't want you to be rich. It wants you to be dependent forever. It wants you to always have a need to essentially be beholden to. The system. Now, I'm not trying to be it sound like a, you know, a conspiracy theorist, or I'm not trying to sound like any kind of weirdo. I'm just telling you, have you I'm asking all of you guys to think about it. Have you noticed that most of you got into real estate in the first place or really started your professional working careers with the idea that one day you'd be financially free? Financially free, maybe you didn't even have a very clear definition of that. Most of you don't. So just use ours. Uh, is, you know, Financially free means you're rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money, right? So just steal our definition and it makes things a lot simpler when you're trying to figure it out for yourself. So that means in a very practical, tactical sense, you have to have enough money coming in every month to cover your own personal uh, overhead, which means you have to obviously have personal overhead that you have hopes of having enough passive income cover. So if you have some really high-end lifestyle, good luck with that. But for the most, most of you listing, you will have to have around seven, well, really five to $10,000 a month coming in from passive income. And I'm here to tell you, you can definitely do that uh, through rental properties. And you can do that if you have a very clear, deliberate plan and you stay focused on that every single day, that becomes the ultimate product of your business your product is profit, but with that profit, you reinvest that into real estate. So we've talked to all of you about that. I'm going to assume that all of you at least have an open mind about that being your shared goal. But now you have to be aware of how many things are set up to basically make your savings of money almost impossible. And the biggest issue is, is your unwillingness, this is the truth, your unwillingness to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. So you never earn enough money in excess of what you need to pay all your bills. To actually save, to actually accumulate, to actually invest. So, really, the fallacy in thinking starts with you. Okay. Let's just put that out there. Number, you know, if you're going to make this into a numbered list, taxes are going to eat you alive. You, if you live in states like Julie and I used to live in Ohio, if you live in California, it's even worse. New York, it's even worse. You guys get taxed on everything. You get taxed overtly. You write a check to the tax man. Or you get taxed covertly. You know Things that are worked in and called, not called taxes, but they're called other things. If your goal is to accumulate enough money that you will someday have, be financially free, you may need to consider where you're living. It could just be a county away that you need to move to. I know, like in California, Julie, where do they have those that taxes, that Mello Ruse tax, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a big yeah. difference. There's a big difference in your property you tax bill. Live... Yeah. yeah, exactly. So look, that's where I want you guys to all start. Understand that it is ultimately your responsibility, but the cards are absolutely stacked against you. So you gotta start thinking in terms of someone who's going to try to break free of the paradigm of essentially being a debt slave their entire life right you're going to have to get educated you're going to have to get smart then you're going to have to be aggressive and and be strategic and then you will be surprised how quick you attract other people into your life that are on the same path chances are you don't know anyone else that is really on the same path you might be reading some Robert Kiyosaki books or you may you know maybe you know of someone who maybe has some rental properties but nobody who has a clear deliberate path and hopefully you become that person for the folks in your life because You're finding the plan that we've been giving you guys over the past month or so, something of great value. So before we get back to our 15 um, financial mistakes that most everyone makes, Julie, I believe you have some folks you'd like to acknowledge.
2: Yes, indeed. And these are straight from the Amazon reviews for our book, Harris Rules. Easy to find. Amazon.com. You can get it in your downloadable version. You can certainly buy the hard copy, as many of you have wanted to do and have been doing, and, of course, the audible version. So first review is, I like all these three because they put their name and they didn't just say random Amazon reviewer. First one is by somebody named Borgie Chu This writes, This book is no joke. It has everything from mindset, goal setting, daily habits, And all the other good stuff that all the real estate professionals who are seeking to improve and upgrade themselves should read this book has awesome information and content yet is very easy to read every rule is practical sharp and to the point i especially love the harris highlights at the end of each rule those are uh, highlighting some of uh, you our listeners but certainly our coaching clients and what they've actually done with the rules reading how a person gets amazing results by applying the rule is really encouraging if you're looking for a book on how to do this business right look no further harris rules is what you need <clears throat> Excuse me. Next by Andrew Scalabon. I must re- a, a must read for any real estate agent and any entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur running short term rental, a short term rental company and not really leaning on my real estate license, I found Tim and Julie Harris coaching daily podcasts and this book to be instrumental in my business. I am an example of how this book applies to any entrepreneur. I tripled my business in the last year with coaching by learning skills such as prospecting, becoming a solid salesperson, mental mindset, setting goals with action plans, and the importance of being of service to others at a high level. I recommend this book to all. So really can't ask for any better reviews, although there are about 370 more. So thank you all for your very wonderful reviews and your honest commentary. You can tell that these guys have read the book and they're not just throwing reviews up because they cite specific rules and what they've done with it. So thank you for all of that. And back to you, Tim.
1: And remember, guys, the um, Harris VIP Mastermind, the tickets are for sale. I know it's not happening for six months. I know most of you are real estate agents. You guys love to procrastinate. I know most of you are going to say, oh, my God, I can't get a ticket. It's June. What's your fault? We've been warning you about this, being a small 50-agent-only member, um, you know, members first, obviously, than everybody else. Guys, just go to agent, what is it, harrisvipmastermind.com. We do have Ryan Halliday as our guest speaker. He's, a, I, he's written six New York Times bestselling books. He's arguably one of the most um, influential new thought leader types. Uh, not, he's not really in the real estate space, which is very appealing to me because he'll give you guys a different perspective on how to think about business. But also, he's got a lot, a lot of sort of modern takes on sort of some, uh, some what I would call some philosophical approaches to life money and work and all that good stuff and um just the exchanges i've had with him in email um and certainly listening to him and reading all his books i can tell you that what he's going to bring to that event is going to be something you guys have never experienced before this is a mastermind so this is going to be something where you're going to uh not be sold anything this is not a typical real estate event where someone's just trying to there to upsell you to another event As you guys have experienced that before, you know what I'm talking about. Those are what we call fluff events. This is an actual mastermind. Most of the agents going are going to be top producers. They're going to be folks you're going to be rubbing elbows with, and you're going to have an opportunity to get to know on a very personal level. You're not just going to be sitting in an audience and listening to Julie and I talk. You're going to be sitting at tables of probably five or ten people each, and then you're going to be really drilling down on specific topics. It's gonna be fast paced it's gonna be energetic it's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun we've done these before we haven't advertised them before because what will happen to a broker or a, somebody else will sponsor us to do a mastermind and we'll go there and do it for them it's not open to the public this is one we're doing ourselves so if you've not bought the ticket yet please do so it's um i keep on forgetting the silly name it's harrisvipmastermind.com right so do not wait once the 50 are sold we're not buying any or we're not providing any more seats Uh, We have already signed a contract with the hotel. So it's all locked in. This is taking place in Austin the last Saturday in July. So make sure you get your ticket today. All right, Julie. Oh, one last thing. Uh, A couple of you guys are new listeners. You're asking how you can get a free coaching call. Uh, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com free coaching calls for agents.com we have some of you email us asking us how to get real estate treasure map when you request a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches at freecoachingcallsforagents.com you will get a, a six books one of which is the real estate treasure map And, uh, yeah, that's the book you've been looking for. That is your 2018 fill in the blank business plan. So Julie, let's roll back in. These are, these are the things that, again, I wish I would have known the financial things that we have had to learn the hard way along the way that no one came out and told us. Usually our accountants didn't come out and tell us. Well, actually never did our accountants come out and tell us. I've never had an accountant, not once tell me ways to save money on my taxes. Ever once. Never happened. Nope. We've always had to bring to them what we are thinking about doing and the ways that we've learned about these things is because we read constantly. And we've been fortunate enough and are fortunate enough to have people that are way well, uh, richer than we are. And they give us advice too. And then we take it to our accountant. It's always funny when you email your accountant and you ask him about something, they'll say, well, let me look into that. And you get the feeling he's going to the IRS website and learning about it for the first time. (laughs) But anyway, so Julie, what point are we on?
2: Yes, number two. These are mistakes that prevent them from being able to invest in themselves and their business and flips and rentals and everything else we've been talking about. So the first mistake we talked about a lot yesterday, not having any real reserves. So if you missed that, just listen to the call replay at realestatecoachingradio.com. And on to number two, you have no health insurance or you have inadequate health insurance. One of the number one things that ruin people financially at any level of income is health care bills. Whether you're young or in between or old, doesn't matter. You need health insurance, real health insurance with real coverage. Now, there's a hack that I wrote down. You or your spouse have or get a tiny part-time job with a company which has killer benefits. Some of our coaching members have been very big fans of this, and they maintain like 10 hours a week, for example. There's minimum standards for each of these companies, but our clients especially love FedEx and Starbucks because they have really great benefits now
1: the other version
2: of that hack is keeping you know a lot of you guys get into real estate so you can get out of your old job well you've got to consider that maybe there's a version of your old job where you can keep some benefits go ahead tim
1: so um i don't know about starbucks Julie. i wouldn't have suggested that one fedex is great but the one i would definitely suggest most of you guys look towards if you're looking for a stopgap for health insurance would be um, Home Depot because at Home Depot, you're gonna run into mm-hmm. people that are in the mode of actually uh, fixing up their house. So you can actually be Hang in direct in contact Fizbo with aisle. people. Where they put out the spring Fisbo signs every year. So there's a good idea. But to Julie's point, um, most of these companies make it so you only have to work 10 hours um, a week there. And so you can get a, have your spouse or somebody in your family get a job there and provide health insurance, to the entire family. That is a great way of saving a lot of money. All right. So next point you're living way above the point was health insurance guys. If you don't have your health insurance covered, you're going to find yourself in uh, financial despair when we have new clients that come to us and they have lingering financial problems. They're always from two things. Uh, and the number one thing is definitely tax bills. The number two thing is going to be health insurance. Uh, so, you, if you're younger, just get a major medical health insurance policy. You don't need one that's going to be covering all the nitpicky stuff. You just get a major medical, uh, major insurance policy, and what you do is even if you're older, you can get a, ma- uh, get a major, major medical insurance policy, it just covers you for the big things, but you can then get a higher deductible. If you guys get a higher deductible in your health insurance, you can run your health insurance bill down to nothing. And what you do is you start an HSA, which I don't know if Julie talks about this, which is a health savings account. And you can use your, and that's tax deductible. You can use your HSA to cover the deductible. So how most health insurance plans work every year is if it's a family policy, and let's say you have a high deductible. Maybe you make it so before you're able to use your health insurance, you have to have paid you know, maybe 20,000 or something into as a deductible before you get the insurance company paying for anything. An insurance policy like that will be shockingly cheap. You guys will be surprised. And then you can set aside 20,000 in an HSA, which again is uh, interest accruing and tax deductible, that will pay for your deductible and that insurance policy if you ever need it. So there's another little hack for health insurance, because like I said, one of the things that unfortunately happens sometimes is you know your kid breaks their arm or something happens and now you're stuck with a bunch of we had a friend who fell down a staircase and she had a whole bunch of lingering health problems um, and she finally got all of her insurance bills in and it was or her uh, yeah her hospital bills sorry and it was over four hundred thousand dollars of which she didn't have the money to pay and her and basically she didn't have health insurance so she's being pursued uh, by the hospital for four hundred thousand dollars and it's probably going to force her into bankruptcy so, just learn from what we're suggesting here, guys. Be strategic on this. You can save some money and cruise some money, but then you have something unexpected come up, and there goes your money. All right point number three um, is you're living way above your means, paying only minimum payments on credit cards and highly leveraged with no hope of getting ahead uh that's another you know normal big financial mistake and it's a lot of times what that happens is when you're starting out, you basically are borrowing from the future uh to essentially basically you know forcing yourself into labor in the future in order to pay for today. That's not necessarily a bad thing when you're younger because you can, you have time to pay it back. What happens is when that that becomes a problem and it becomes a lifestyle. Dave Ramsey is somebody we always suggest you guys clue into if you're trying to, you know, financially right size your, your, uh, your life and just go to, and it's, I'm telling you guys, for some of you, he's his approach is very radical, but it does work. We were uh, literally giving away Dave Ramsey's total money makeover as Christmas presents to our coaching clients back after the recession, because so many of them had gotten into a habit of running their credit cards up and just waiting for big closings to pay off their credit cards as become a lifestyle to, you know, constantly be in debt. And, you know, ironically, that's good for your credit. But the downside of it is, is if things change, then again, you're stuck with a bunch of unpayable debt. So, guys, I would strongly suggest that you do start. And one of the things you can do, and Dave Ramsey suggests this, is if you're really trying to get control of your finances, like read his book first. Um, If you're married, you want to make sure that both you and your spouse are on the same page as far as the money plan. Money is a very, very personal thing for most people since they never talk about it. It's one of the things that gives people the most anxiety. So the nice thing about Dave is he has a nice folksy way of talking about the taboo topic of money and uh, debt and uh, all that. So if you guys are both reading or listening to Total Money Makeover simultaneously, Uh, then you can essentially have a a shared plan and it comes from somebody who's maybe not as threatening as if it were say you going to your wife or your wife going to you and saying this is how it's going to be you guys get what I'm saying here so be strategic that way trying to get your finances together becomes a family affair versus just something that you have a you know you have a bee in your bonnet about because that's never going to work and then you're going to cause marital distress so just keep or relationship distress depending on your situation so just keep that in mind that do go about this strategically and One of the things he suggests, and I really like this, is he suggests that um, you stop using credit cards. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, I'll just use a debit card and that's okay. But the really the most powerful thing you can do is create a family budget and then just live off cash. When you do that, when you have X amount of money in an envelope you know, hidden away for groceries, X amount in an envelope hidden away, and you do that, you put yourself on that discipline. It's like, You know, trying to get off uh caffeine, I suppose, which I don't know why anyone would ever do, but you know, you gotta do it slowly, otherwise you have too many physical ramifications of it. Well, when you're trying to break yourself free of borrowing too much from the future to pay for today, the best way to do it is have use cash. And the funny thing about cash, I don't know if you guys have ever realized this. When you have cash you take a hell of a lot better care of it than if you have a credit card i i think all of you guys can relate so there's just a simple thing again as you're trying to get your finances and in, in, in line and you're trying to make it so you are stronger tomorrow financially than you are today these are just the little things again that nobody's going to want to overtly talk with you about that you should really seriously consider because it's going to pay dividends in the future all right so the next point number four You think we've talked about this a lot so we won't talk about this a lot now but you think your accountant is a financial advisor and knows what's best for you julie i'm going to add to this point you think your financial Mm -hmm. advisor is a financial advisor and knows what's best for you you think basically people that are offering you advice are going to give you the advice that's best for you financial advice now that sounds like a really smart ass thing for me to say but here's the reason i'm saying it because most of the people that you guys get your financial advice from really don't have any expertise in what you're talking about working with self-employed people most of the people you're talking to for your accountant and your financial advisors they're used to working with people who have 401ks people who have w-2 income people who have normal jobs they're not used to dealing with real estate agents and so they're also as you accumulate more and you become wealthier it is a rare find to find anybody who has any experience dealing with somebody who is a millionaire, let alone a multimillionaire. So as you guys accumulate more, you're gonna to have to become more of your own accountant and financial advisor. No, I'm not saying do your own taxes. No, I'm not saying do your own you know, stock picking necessarily. But what I am saying is you're going to have to do your own homework. And if you don't feel confident in your plan, then you can bounce it off an accountant or a financial planner that you have respect for. But don't expect them to have your ass covered. Remember, a financial advisor, a financial planner, they're salespeople. Very, very, very few of them are true fee-based planners. There's actually fee-based planners out there that are calling themselves fee-based planners because that's kind of the you know, the trendy thing right now, but they're making commission on the products they're selling you. How about guys that you go to for financial planning and sure enough, guess what they want to talk about? Life insurance. Guys, they're just insurance salespeople. They're calling themselves financial planners because they know that you'll let your guard down and you'll buy their life insurance. How about, how many of you have bought whole life insurance policies from your good friend, you know, your insurance agent friend dave have you ever researched oh because you can borrow against it right but have you ever actually researched what the difference between a term life and a whole life insurance policy is have you ever actually done your homework on that here i'll give you a little clue most whole life policies are a total ripoff and if you need insurance life insurance at all which most of you do you should get term life insurance research this yourself we're just planting the seeds point number five julie
2: yes point number five is that you don't understand the power of compounding interest So when you wrote that point, Tim, did you mean regarding things like paying their mortgage down and getting rid of that interest? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, no, making
1: money. Go ahead. Right. So all I'm talking about is when you buy a stock, and there's a rule, some of you have never been exposed to this, so I'll make it really simple. For the most part, and it was Warren Buffett that called it the eighth wonder of the universe or something like that, of basically compounding interest. So if you put $1,000, let's just say, into a fairly well diversified um, stock market portfolio on average that stock that thousand dollars is going to double every seven or eight years okay that's compounding interest what happens is your thousand dollars let's say uh goes up by seven or eight percent in the year one seven or eight percent in year two seven or eight percent year three seven or eight percent in year four and so what happens you guys can do the math in your head over seven or eight years your thousand becomes two thousand Then seven or eight years later, that 2,000 becomes 4,000. Seven or eight years later, that 4,000 becomes 8,000. Then it becomes 16,000, you guys get the point? That's the reason that everyone says the earlier you get started investing, the better off you're going to be, simply for the fact that you have more time for the compounding interest to work in your favor. Compounding interest is an amazing thing. Now I know what some of you are thinking. What if you are, over time by the way, here's another thing. You can't time buying stocks. There's been a lot of research done I'm like, I'm only gonna buy stock when the stock market goes down. Or I'm like, you know, people say dollar cost averaging, which is putting the same amount in consistently every single month. You know, who comes out better? The person that tries to time the bottom or the person that dollar costs average, the guy that dollar costs average. And the guy that dollar costs average, even when the market's up, even when the market's down, when everyone's panicking, he's still dollar cost averaging. A dollar cost averaging merely means that you're investing the same amount every single month into, into the stock market. Now, how do you know how much you should be investing? Well, it's not difficult to figure this out. There are lots of investment calculators online, but here's the general rule of thumb. Thumb. Now, listen to what I'm saying. If you're earning, now, I'll tell you, there's some of this about what I'm about to tell you is bullshit, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell you the bullshit part on the other end, but this is what the financial people will tell you. If you're earning $100,000 right now and you're trying to figure out uh, basically how much money you should have saved, most financial planner guys are going to tell you, you need 10x whatever you're earning per year. So you need a million dollars saved by the time you reach retirement. Now, here's what they don't factor in, the bullshit part. They don't factor in the fact that some of you guys are going to have cash flow from your rental properties. So they're only assuming that you're going to be putting all your money into the stock market. Why? Remember, they're commissioned salespeople, and they don't want you to think about real estate. They want you to think about putting all your money in the stock market. So, of course, they're going to tell you about that. Of course, they're going to encourage you to put in as much money as possible. So um, when you're starting on this uh, process and you're learning more about this, there are specific uh, you know, tax plans. You need to look into all the different ways that self-employed, um, there's SEPs, there's IRAs, CDs don't pay anything, so that's really not worth considering. Uh, there's, you can set up Roth IRAs, Roths are fantastic. You can set up all these different accounts, Every, depending on how much money you earn, guys, listen. You can actually, and depending on what type of investment you make. Now, you don't need to understand any of this. You can just ask your accountant or go to Scott Trade and they will explain it all to you. They'll tell you the different accounts. But some of these accounts you max out, like a Roth, you put the money in today, you pay the taxes on the money you put it in, and that money then grows interest free. So in other words, when you put, take that money out when you're 67 or whatever, that money will not, you will not owe any taxes on it. So you pay taxes on it today, and then it grows without having to pay taxes going forward. Remember, not financial planners, not accountants, get your own advice. Yep. Um, and the, the other forms of these investments, they don't, uh, you have to pay taxes on the other end. So they reduce your taxable income now, but on the other end, when you go to pull it out, you have to pay taxes on it. You guys following me all this? You don't have to understand it. What I'm telling you is, is that depending on your tax bracket, you can actually put up to for a married couple, something like $120,000 a year into these tax preferential uh, types of accounts. Now, that doesn't mean you can't put more into the stock market every year. You can, and you just basically have, if, it, if they're dividend paying stocks, in other words, if you have like you know 100 shares of Google and let's say the Google stock uh, increases in value by 10%, you don't have to get a check for ten percent from Google and take income and pay income taxes on it. You can just roll. You you basically just it stays in the value of the stock and your stock appreciates. Now remember though, hopefully I'm not being too obtuse here, guys. You're hopefully you're following me. Unlike uh, real estate stocks, you basically will get long-term appreciation and hypothetically you'll get cash flow from it. Real estate, you get appreciation, depreciation. Okay, you guys following me on this and hopefully you get cash flow don't ever buy real estate based purely on the hypothetical appreciation always buy it on the idea that you're going to get depreciation and cash flow on it and then you're going to be okay but remember let's just use the idea that if you're earning a hundred thousand dollars per year now by the time you reach 67 you want to have 10x if you're now here's the other part of it that's kind of dubious who's to say what your cost of living is going to be when you're 67 if you're raising three kids and they're sucking away every cent you've got. And when you're 67, you're not gonna have the same lifestyle or fixed costs, all the rest of it. You probably don't need to save, you're probably not looking at need to save a million. It might be less, but you guys get the point. Now, here's the other thing, and then we're gonna pick up where we left off uh, today, tomorrow. I want you guys to go to the Social Security Administration's website. I mentioned this the other day. They're gonna ask you just to put in your basic information and they're asking you to put in your social security number and the amount of money you think you're gonna be earning per year between now and 67. And they're going to give you an approximation of how much uh, you will be getting from Social Security. Uh, my mom, who had never earned any money, uh, and, and the household never earned any money, she gets 1600 bucks a month in her retirement through her Social Security. So you need to factor those things in. You guys, some of you are going to make, if you've made a lot of money, you might be making just, you know, let's assume you're single and you've made a lot of money and you're thinking you're still going to make decent money between now and retirement age you know, factor it down just to be safe, right? Estimate down how much money you're gonna be earning just to be safe. But some of you are gonna be earning in social security benefits. Again, yes, I know a lot of people don't think we'll be getting them, but I think there's no chance there won't be social security. Talk about social unrest if that got taken away at this point, but you're gonna be looking at probably between three and $5,000 a month from social security alone. So if you need to figure out a way for you to earn $10,000 a month in retirement, you might be surprised how much money you're projected to get from social security and then if you have three paid off rentals and those rentals are each throwing off three thousand dollars you guys get my point so accomplishing a a secure retirement whatever that means is easier than you actually think now the trick to all this is accomplishing the secure retirement and locking in all your financial big rocks by by the time you're you know midlife so you can have the rest of your life if you choose to to accumulate more to make contributions, to give money away, to increase, you know, have a great lifestyle, do more traveling. So try to knock out these big financial concerns. In life, what are the big financial concerns? What are the big bugaboos? If you're so inclined, you have 529 plans for your kids. That's a big bugaboo that a lot of people feel responsible for. You might have health insurance. We talked about different ways you can get the most out of that and make it so that doesn't suck away your cash flow. You know, Julie's idea of getting a little part-time job someplace is not a bad idea. A lot of companies like to you know, maybe underpay a little bit, but give kick-ass health insurance. We were in line at Costco about a month ago, long-ass line, got to talking with the, the the gal that was helping me unload my cart. She was a mom. She had four kids and she was doing just that. She says, I work 12 hours. My husband's uh, self-employed in construction. I work 12 hours a week at Costco. She goes, I get a discount at Costco for my own family budget. I get health insurance for my entire family. And she said, like, if she works there long enough, there's some kind of like college tuition thing for her kids. I was like, Damn, that is just smart. That is a good use of 12 hours a week. It really is. It's saving her so much money. So some of you might want to consider doing the same thing. If not you, your spouse. It's not. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and yeah, guys, this is kind of just ways to game it, ways to stay ahead of the curve, ways to make it so you don't have any big financial monsters around the corner. And of course, the other one that usually will catch up with people unless they're being really focused on it. Um, are the tax issues a lot of you guys run into and we're going to talk about that tomorrow as other things you need to be putting in place to protect your future earnings to offset any taxes in a legal ethical way Uh, make sure you're paying what you owe but don't pay any more than what you owe right and then uh, and then ultimately what you want to do is get to the point where you can have some financial freedom where your money works for you you no longer have to work for your money look guys i know we're talking about something that's way outside the wheelhouse of comfort for most of you not something you normally you're going to hear from a real estate coach but these are the things that you need to at least have floating around in your head write these things down because you're going to cross that bridge and you're going to wish you would have known what we're sharing with you and put it in place don't make the mistakes so many other people do commission salespeople are notorious for having big upswings and downswings not just in their cash flow but in their lives why because they do piss poor planning and they end up with having big financial big burdens that they have to pay back. And we're helping, hoping to help you avoid those mistakes. So we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. If you guys need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching.